0: We've already had two baptisms this week at our, in our church, one in a river, and one in our, in our baptistry at the church. And I've got an, another one, I was told, is scheduled for this evening at 7 o'clock at the church. So we've got a third one. People are getting baptized in Jesus' name. People are hungry. People are seeking for hope, and right now is a great time for us to let everybody know you don't have to be afraid that salvation is available, and I think we're all starting to realize in this nation that we are vulnerable and that we have to have a greater power in our life. People are starting to realize that I don't want to wait or delay. I want to make sure that I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I want to make sure I'm filled with the Spirit because I want to be saved, and I want His protection, and so I encourage you to join with us to make sure that we are covered and we are protected. It is so important. And so we're just excited about today. Appreciate Pastor Gandy's lesson this morning. What an encouragement and awesome time of worship. I hope you're sitting there on your church pew right now, probably the most comfortable church pew you've ever sat in in your life. I hope that you've set the coffee down for a moment, and I hope you're prepared to hear the word of the Lord today because I did feel the Lord tell me a word for all of us today, and I hope this will be a blessing to you uh and if you have had a chance not had a chance yet to share this please share this on your personal facebook and get this out right now before we even go to the word of the lord because there might be somebody that sees it and just goes ahead and logs in and watches the service and so go ahead and do that we're actually going to be going to john uh, chapter 4 and we're going to be discussing this story of the samaritan woman who meets her messiah And that's where we're going to read from. And if you're at your home with a Bible and you want to follow along, let me read this to you today, and then we will get right into the topic that the Lord has given me to share with all of you today. And I just want to say once again how great it is to be able to minister today to New Life, or to, yes, New Life, uh, Life Church, not New Life Church, Life Church, and Tyler, and we're so glad to be able to be a blessing and a help. And uh, we had a great time Wednesday night, and I hope that that was a blessing So, here we go in chapter 4, verse number 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So, he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Saqqar, near the plot of ground, That Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. This is a very old well, Jacob's well. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And the woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, or asked me, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water this old well, whoever drinks of this old history, this old tradition, whoever drinks of this religion, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst Nor Come here to draw and jesus said to her go call your husband and come here The woman answered and said I have no husband and jesus responded You have well said I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have Is not your husband and that you spoke truly the woman said to him sir I perceive that that you are a prophet now notice how she changes the subject here She says our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you jews say that in jerusalem we're supposed to go there to worship. Notice that she changes the topic off of herself, which is pretty typical when dealing with Jesus. We don't really want to get into all of that. We want to go into another topic, and that's exactly what she does. She says, sir, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a theological question here. We're, we don't know which mountain we should be worshiping on. I think it's this one, and you think it's that one. So do we worship there, or we worship here? And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming very quickly when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Pretty soon, it will not matter where you are when you worship. Pretty soon, it will not matter the location that you find yourself in. Pretty soon, you're going to have to worship differently and you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, not on your mountain, not on my mountain, but we will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And now is when the true worshipers now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him not in a mountain, but in spirit truth and in truth. I know that was a long text, but I already pretty much preached my message right there. I just want to take a few moments today, and I want to take a moment and talk about the mountains that we find ourselves oftentimes needing to be able to worship. And I will start back at the beginning, and I'll paraphrase some, and we'll work our way through to the main point that I believe God gave us all today, and I want to, I want to give this to you today. I also want to clarify in the very beginning that Jesus uh, normally would not go through Samaria because the Samaritans as stated in our text, don't get along and deal a whole lot with the Jews, because the Jews thought of themselves to be higher and greater and more pure-blooded, and the Samaritans were some type of a mixed blood with varying traditions and religions, a little bit like the Jews, a little bit not like the Jews, but they were still steeped in tradition and steeped in religion, and typically Jesus, or the Jews, I should say, would not go through Samaria even though it's on the way. Typically they would go around Samaria, but you see, when Jesus gets his mind to minister and save somebody, he goes right through the place where they are, and he's not afraid of all the weird awkwardness because he wants to save a soul. And that's exactly what he does. He goes through Samaria and he gets to this well that happens to be Jacob's well. And it's no coincidence that this is Jacob's well. A well that was very old, a whale well that at one point was very relative, at one point. It was a place of, of maybe some deep spiritual movement, uh, but now it's just a well, and it's just water, and there happens to be a woman that joins Jesus there, and this woman is going to be asked, she's asked, uh, hey, I need you to give me some water. Now this is, this is also no coincidence that she is there and Jesus is there, but the third non-coincidence is that Jesus asked his disciples to please go to the town and buy some meat. All 12 disciples are sent to go buy food while Jesus ministers. Why? Because these Jewish uh, followers of Jesus, they weren't really good at dealing with this uh, muddy water of reaching out to a Samaritan person. And that just shows us right there that Jesus will not let his own people stop him from reaching out to save a soul. If he's got to send the church off on a mission to buy meat to to save Samaritan, somebody, he will distract his own church so that he can save a soul. That's how much the Lord is looking for somebody to save. He would rather move everybody out of the way so he can save one soul because some folks that call themselves Christians aren't ready and aren't prepared to reach out to a Samaritan woman who many believe to be a dog. And so while they're sitting here and Jesus begins this dialogue between uh, himself and her, uh, the Bible goes on to say that she is shocked and confused. Then he begins to tell her that I have something to offer you. In fact, if you knew who I was, you would right now be asking me for life and for salvation. You'd be asking me for this living water. She's confused. She doesn't understand what's happening. In fact, Jesus has to go on and he has to clarify that I'm not just talking about the H2O. I'm not just talking about this, this old whale religion, I'm not talking about the thing that you put all your hope into, because now I'm telling you I have a new water, a living water, an invisible water. You see, this whole story is about the mystery of Jesus. She does not see what she sees. She doesn't see it. She doesn't understand it. She thinks it's just a man and just a whale, but everything's getting tied together, because Jesus says, if you could see it of in the invisible places right now, this is not just me talking to you about this well and about this water. This is me alluding to new life, to living water, that if you get the water I give to you, then you will never thirst again. You see, if you get what I'm going to give you, you'll never need to go to that old whale of religion anymore. You'll never have to go get stuck on places and stuck on whales from Jacob and whales of tradition. That worked for Jacob, but that does not work for you. You need what I have to offer you. You need the life that I've come to give you. And so Jesus is now explaining that this old well that you put all your faith in and all your deep rich history in this well is just a normal well of water. This this well is just a place for you to literally get your taste bud satisfied for just a moment. It's not a long-term fix because religion is not a long-term solution to what a woman like this is really going through. It's not about the location. It's not about about the old tradition. It's about the power of Jesus Christ. And she's starting to see that at this moment. After she admits that she would love to have some of this living water, Jesus does something really strange that I know that it would be probably uh, dumb to do this in our current ministry today. He begins to go into a controversial subject. He actually asked this woman Hey, go get your husband because I want to bring your husband in and I want to involve him in this process. And she she uh, probably shockingly begins to tell him, "Well, I I don't have a husband." And she doesn't go into details and she doesn't explain everything because uh, religion doesn't need to do that in her mind. You don't need to talk about that because religion is shallow and religion will will just offer you a little bit, but it doesn't offer you the real the real fix. Uh, religion stays on the surface. Uh, you see the relationship Jesus gives to us, the life is tied to having to dig into the deep places of you. And that's what's happening here in the story of Jesus. He is now saying, I want to dig into the skeletons in your closet and the dirt under the rug because you can't get new life without dealing with the old life. You can't go down this new road. Tradition would let you hold on to that lifestyle. You see, religion lets you hold on to your lifestyle. But when Jesus comes offering you new water. You can't take that new life and pair it with your old life. So Jesus says, I don't mind giving you the new thing, but we've got to talk about the old thing. And she was shocked. She was so shocked about it. She wasn't even ready. All of a sudden she stopped asking for living water like most of us do when we find out there's a price tag to salvation, we don't really want it anymore because, you see, now you're dealing with my private life, Jesus. Uh, And she says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. And she was right about that. But the problem is she does not continue to ask for living water because there's something about Jesus, there's something about the church, there's something about pastors digging into our private lives that we stop it right there. That's the temptation every time. But Jesus knew I have to deal with what's really wrong with you to show you that I am who I say I am and I have life for you. And she immediately changes the subject and she reverts to a a doctrinal debate with Jesus Christ over which mountain should we worship on. What a horrible time to bring up this theological debate. She's about to be saved. She's about to have her whole life changed. And she actually takes the time now to talk about which mountain's the right one to worship on. Because when you're stuck in tradition and you're stuck in religion, it's all about the place you're supposed to worship. It's all about being in the right place. If I'm in the right place, I must be right. If I find myself in the right place, I can get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. If I find myself in the right place, I'll be okay with God. And she thought if I could get in the right place, and she began to debate with him, now you tell me you're a prophet, which one of the places should we really be worshiping in? And Jesus says to her in response, you're getting this all messed up and all confused. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will no longer on this mountain that you think you should worship on or the mountain we say we should worship on, you will no longer need to worry about location pretty soon. Because I'm shifting all the dynamics of worship away from the place you worship into the heart of worship. I'm changing it because you see, I am a God that is everywhere. I am a God that you can't guarantee yourself you'll be in a good place when you need to worship. I'm a God that knows you need to learn to worship through all the trouble of your husbands and all the trouble of your home. I'm not the God you need to come to when it's good on the mountaintop. I'm the God also of the valleys I'm the God of the tough times I'm the God that can help you when you don't know where to go and you find yourself in the wrong place worship needs to change Jesus said I'm going to revolutionize worship I'm changing it from this mountain and that mountain to spirit and to truth I know you can't see what I'm talking about but pretty soon it will no longer be about the place of worship it'll be about the heart of worship He goes on to explain to her, get your mind off tradition, get your mind off of the atmosphere because we have now in our society of church become addicted to atmospheres. We walk around and worship with crutches around us uh, because we need to have everything perfect now to have a move of God and that's exactly what was happening in their hour and their day. If it wasn't beautiful, if it wasn't pretty, if it wasn't easy, if it wasn't comfortable, they would not worship. And now we find ourselves in our culture today and we're at our knees and we're crippled because we don't know how to have church unless we're on the right mountain. We don't know how to worship because I'm not at my church anymore. I'm not around all the music and all the pretty pretty lights and all the pretty pews. And I don't know what to do without the cross symbol. I don't know what to do without that baptismal tank in the background. I don't know what to do without all my fellow brothers and sisters. If I could just get to the mountain, I could worship. No, we are in a new hour now. We're in a different time now. We're in an hour where you don't have to do it that way. You can break through all by yourself in your living room. You can break through all by yourself wherever you are right now. Your couch becomes your altar. You can break through right now. Your bathtub becomes your baptistry tank. Right now your yard is a place you can get out in and worship the Lord. It's no longer about the place. It's now about the heart. The way you break through is invisible. It's in your mentality. Most people have mountain. They have mountain problems. They have mountain worship. But Jesus said no, you need to have mentality worship. Uh, it's not a mountain issue, it's a mentality issue. It's not where you are. it's where you want to go. it's whether you want to be saved if it's whether you want to be strong and so Jesus explains here, I want you to get it uh, it's no longer about the atmosphere because atmosphere is dangerous for the church. It's dangerous for Christians. Atmosphere can become the wheelchair that you no longer need, and your legs begin to deteriorate because you refuse to use the muscles, because you get used to being pushed around in the wheelchair. How many people have we seen in wheelchairs that have not used their legs in years? Their muscles begin to shrivel up and die because you've got to use it or you'll lose it. And atmosphere can become the crutch that we hold ourselves up on. Oh, the atmosphere can be a crutch that we think we're doing good, but the truth is, it's not us walking. It's not us moving. It's the atmosphere moving. It's the chair moving. The problem with the wheelchair mentality is we think we're moving, but we're not doing the work. It's the atmosphere doing the work for us. And so we have been now awakened to this in this culture and this society that we've got to get our worship off the mountaintop and take it into our homes, into our businesses, into our families. It's from now on going to be in spirit and in truth. It's going to be invisible. That's spirit. It's invisible. It's invisible. That means you have to be able to see into the invisible realm. That means you have to be able to worship not with what's around you, not with what you see around you. You might be in a home somewhere uh, across town in Tyler or Austin and it might not look like anything's happening but when you worship in the spirit, uh, your eyes are opened up to a new realm, a new dimension. When you worship in the spirit uh, you don't just see your house. uh, don't just see the people in your room you can feel something happening when you worship in spirit I can worship with you and Tyler and you're living in Austin because the spirit has no boundaries the spirit has no walls we can worship together when we worship in the spirit so the spirit is invisible and we must also worship in truth and this is why Jesus said you don't know what you worship we know who we worship So worship is not just the place that you go to. And worship is not just your heart and your mentality. Worship is the truth of who you're worshiping. In order to worship correctly, you have to know who you are worshiping. A lot of people don't even know who they worship and that's why they have a hard time worshiping. If you know who you're worshiping, you can worship anywhere. If you know who you're worshiping, you can worship at home. If you learn that Jesus is everywhere and in all things and all things are by him, you can worship him anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're facing or going through. When you worship in truth, you worship without emotion and without all the feeling of fear. You worship because he's worthy of it, because it's the truth. We know who he is. We know that he's worthy and no matter what we're going through no matter where we are we will worship him because we know him we know the truth about him and the woman said to him i know that the messiah is coming and when he comes he will tell us all things jesus wraps up the story by saying i'm standing right in front of you right this moment in this story we conclude and i close today by telling you the lord want me to come and talk to every one of you in every home today wherever you are and tell you that this is not No longer are we in the hour of comfortable mountain worship, but we have to shift over to worship in spirit and worship in truth. And the real worshipers are getting found out right now. The real worshipers. The real worshipers can do it no matter where they are. The real worshipers will be as consistent whether they're in the church building or in their homes. The real worshipers will still have that prayer life, still have that dedication. No matter where they find themselves right now, a real worshiper can worship in a home full of atheists. A real worshiper can worship no matter where they find themselves right now. A real worshiper is legit no matter what's happening in their life. And I've come to tell you today, be a real worshiper. Salvation is for the worshipers. Eternal life is for the worshipers. Don't be the mountain worshiper. Have the mentality worship. Get it inside your mind. It's a spiritual thing. It's a true thing. Both of these things you can carry with you no matter where you are. You can be in the spirit no matter where you are. And you can know the truth no matter where you are. You can be a worshiper today and right now you can learn to worship him because he is right where you are right now. Perhaps the greatest part of the story is that the woman did not go looking for Jesus, but Jesus went looking for the woman. And that tells me that our God is on the search for somebody who has a heart for change. And that also tells me that Jesus will meet you at this place of tradition, at this place of religion, and he will offer to trade you, to trade you your religion, to trade you for your old traditions. He will offer to trade you for something real, for something right now. The hope of where we have right now in Jesus Christ is that no matter what happens to us with persecution, and no matter what happens to us on where we end up, no matter where we go, and no matter what home we're in, no matter where our future lies, we can always stay close to Jesus. Jesus will search for us in places that nobody would ever dream of going to find us. And when he finds us, he will open up and dig out things in our past, things in our life that are holding us back from becoming true worshipers. He will instruct us that if we really want to change and have a breakthrough, that we can change and have a breakthrough with simply getting to the Spirit and getting to the truth of the matter. And that's exactly what real worship is. Real worship is not a location, it's a mentality. Real worship is not a location, not a comfort zone, not an atmosphere. Real worship is not an atmosphere created around you, it's an atmosphere created inside of you. It's an atmosphere you make, it's an atmosphere you make in this temple. I know that everybody talks about the house of God, the house of God, but technically a church building is not the house of God because the Bible says that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and that means inside of everybody there should be a church service going on right now. All over every listener, over every person that's hearing me right now. You know where the best church should be happening? Inside the temple. The temple is where the sacrifice is. The temple is where all the giving is at. The temple is where the mind is made up. Inside your temple right now, there can be a move of God. Maybe not the person beside you on the couch, but inside of you right now. There can be a mighty move of God. There should be a mighty move of God. You need to become a real worshiper today because Jesus is coming back for the real worshipers. Lord, reveal in me right now if I'm not a real worshiper. Reveal in me if I can't do this without the choir, without the, the pastor laying hands on me. Revealing me, God, if I'm struggling, been able to speak in other tongues unless I get around a camp meeting environment. Revealing me, Jesus. Show me, God, am I addicted to the atmosphere? Because if you are, you are religious. And the problem with religion is we'll always leave you thirsting for more. I hope that right now you can have some time of worship to where you won't have to drink again another hour and find something else, another fix, another two hours. You're going to drive yourself crazy in that home if you have to keep going to Jacob's well. Jacob's well is not good enough. You will thirst again. But if you can get your, yourself into real worship, if you can just turn down the lights in your living room and close the blinds and have real worship right now, if you can make your mind up, Jesus, I can't get to the pastor. I I can't get to the church. I can't get to the preachers. But I'm still okay because I will worship you in my spirit and in the truth. I know this is how you want me to worship. Worshiping you without all the cool tricks, out the smoke and lights, without all the nice effects. This is real worship. Anybody can do something nice in the right atmosphere. Anybody can do something sweet when it's called for but the greatest compliment is whenever whenever it's not set up right it's not all set up right it's not produced it's not it's not a production today in this hour we have churches that are actually training their people how to smile and how to dance while they're on the platform because they found out it helps the environment And we have people that right now are wondering, how do I lift up my hands? There's no one telling me to. How do I cry? There's no one crying around me. How do I keep this up when there's no support system? Here's how you do it. You do it in the spirit and you do it with the truth. You've got to get your mindset on truth and your heart in the spirit and you can begin to flow right where you are right now. Somebody come off the mountain. It's time to come down from the mountains. You're off the mountain right now. Go ahead and worship him. I'm already done. This is my altar call. Your home is your altar. Your home is your altar. You've got to get together with your family right now and grab a hold of them and say no, we will not be a religious people that keep looking for more. Never satisfied. We will dig in to worship right now. We will drink from this living water. A wellspring of living water. An aquifer under the ground that never dries up. Never dries up. Jesus said it will be in you. It will not be a place it'll be in you the real worshipers can look inside themselves and they can drink for the bible says out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water do you know where your hope is at it's inside right now it's not it's not something you look around your room for it's something you look inside for it's not something you search for in your house there is no great place in your house to pray then the place you're sitting and standing right now that's the place to pray There is no easier place to go to right now than where you are. Just begin to tell the Lord, I need you. I want you. You're worthy. You're the one true God. There is no one like you. Someone tell the truth about God. Someone speak the truth. He's worthy right now. Like he was worthy last Sunday. He's worthy right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it through. I'm going to get in the spirit right now. Why don't you close your eyes so you can get into the spirit right now. Close your eyes so you can get in the spirit right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want every person across the cities of Tyler and Austin to feel it, to know the Spirit goes beyond the walls. The Spirit of God cannot be stopped. Jesus walks through places that other people won't go through. Jesus goes to places because He can sense the hunger in us. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take a few moments and worship before we close out. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. We worship you. It's all right to cry. The Lord draws nigh to them who seek him. Oh, yes. I live, I live to worship you. Come on, you can begin to cry it out and sing right now wherever you are. Let the city hear it. Uh, let your neighbors hear it. Uh, let your neighbors know there's worship going on on my street. Uh. I live, I live to worship you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I live, I live to worship you. Yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do, Jesus. Oh. Come on, let's cry out to the Lord in this place. In this place. We used to say for the Lord in this place, the house, but now we say in this place, the heart. Oh, God, I want to learn to worship you. I want to learn to worship you, Jesus. Jesus. Without the pulpit, without the piano, without the stained glass windows, I want to worship. I don't have the luxury of atmosphere. I have the luxury of of a mighty God who said I'll never leave you or forsake you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I live, I live to worship you oh yes I do Lord oh you're worthy no matter what's going on in my family you're worthy I'm in the spirit right now not in the flesh I know this house may be a house you fought in but if you get in the spirit you won't see that anymore This house may be a house that you've argued in and you fought with your children and your spouse, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can be a place Jesus dwells in. Oh God, you're shifting the church to the place it's always meant to be. Our hearts, our hearts, we're a mobile church. We're a mobile worshiping tabernacle. Everywhere we go, the Spirit goes. Everywhere we go, hope goes. Oh, yeah. live. Live, I live to worship you. Oh. Oh, yes. I'm just feeling like right now there's so many people across our churches that are tapping into the Holy Ghost. Why can't right now be your best prayer meeting? shouldn't right now be your best prayer meeting. Because it's real. It's not pushed or primed. You know, if you're talking in tongues right now, it's because you're a real worshiper. It's not because of your environment. It's not because there's a crutch under your shoulder. It's not because you've been pushed to this elevation. It's because you desire the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The hour is here. Jesus, the hour has come for the church to give up and trade in the religion and traditions of Jacob's well, my mountain, your mountain. Let's stop arguing about which mountain and start arguing about how to get in the Spirit, how to find the truth. This is the hope of our communities. This is the hope of our world. We have got to become mobile in our worship.